It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's dive into uh, the QB1 aspect of our podcast. Okay, Dan, defining moment, our categories, defining moment <laughs> on the bright side, uh-oh, and big number. Let's start with defining moment. What was it for you? For me, it's easy. It's the it's the uh, the play that Justin got injured on, and it's a first down play on the final drive. I had a chance to get over to the Falcons' locker room uh, Sunday afternoon and talk to D. Alford, and he said, look, like we were reading this play. Uh, we saw Darnell Mooney, you know, at the snap, and, and Alford is is – responsible for setting the edge on that play, given the way that that run is going. And so he just makes a play and said he used his speed to uh, beat the Bears offensive line. And when he did, he got to, to Justin. And, and what, what was notable to me about it, David, is that it was pretty routine play and a pretty routine tackle. You know, there was nothing crazy about the play or anything crazy about the tackle. It was just a, a hit along the sideline that set Justin down uh, in an awkward fashion. And he landed on the shoulder. And he was hurt. And, and so, you know, we, we've obviously detailed what else happened on that drive, but it was it was just not a good start to a game ending drive. And it was just unfortunate that they got there. I also think it, it illuminates a little bit of how well the Falcons managed to defend the quarterback run on Sunday afternoon, right? This wasn't, as you mentioned, one of the best defenses in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination. And they came in with Dean Pease, their coordinator, and had a plan. And 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 D. Alford said after the game that, you know, when we talked about it on our post-game pod, that they understood that the Bears were one-dimensional and they thought they could keep them one-dimensional and contain that one dimension. And when you have a, you know, a 31st, 32nd ranked defense having confidence against you because you don't do enough things to be a well-rounded offense, uh, it's notable. And so that was just, it was just a play where it's like, okay, you know, Justin's yards per carry average was the lowest it's been since week two um and that's because you had a defense that figured out ways to slow him down and and you could obviously argue that justin's own legs slowed him down because he was cramping and he was physically uh limited but but certainly um asking the question about is the league going to adjust to this there was a, a a one game example of well they might I think that I have a ton of respect for that staff. I have a, I've co- I know a couple people on that staff. Certainly, John Hoke, the secondary coach, Dean Pease. I remember Dean Pease. We <laughs> spent a year at Notre Dame. I mean, he's been around forever. And I do think they may have the lowest or, or the second lowest ranked defense in in the NFL pass wise. But I do like a lot of the things that they used uh, against Justin Fields effectively and, and the Bears overall. So I was a little surprised at how well they did play defensively. My defining moment for Justin Fields was on the third and 12 play from the Falcons 20. And it was a play that next gen stats clocked it lasting 10.98 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And I think from start to finish, it was actually might've been 12, but he scrambled for that long looking, 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 buying himself some time, 
improvisation plays that were off script were the, always the better plays for Justin Fields. Finally, he found EQ. Famous, yeah, St. Brown for a gain of 14 yards and the first down. I'll tell you why it was defining for me. Number one, it was vintage Justin Fields because that's what he does so well. But also, I think that it showed you that he's on that series alone, he made two big plays in the passing game. He scrambled and found David Montgomery yep. earlier on, on the best throw of his day. We'll get to that later. But then you get the ball back. That's why you build up, you score a touchdown on that drive by making plays in the passing game. And I was all revved up and ready to go to watch him go out and make some more. And then you call two running plays on the first. You know, so it was defining for me because it made an impression. And that's what you're looking for. That was a memorable play because of what it brought out in Justin Fields. Yeah, we'll get a little bit more into uh, the third down stuff when I give you my big number in a few minutes, but that was certainly a play uh, that made made happen. Just one more note on the way the Falcons defended the run. Justin brought it up himself after the game that there was a, a, a mesh charge uh, defense to the, the zone read game, right? And when you go back and watch it, they did a really good job of limiting the Bears in zone read by taking that defensive end and having him come vertically, right? Instead of surfing horizontally right, there. Right. And when you do that, you, you sort of force the quarterback to keep the ball and if you have the right help behind you from a second level linebacker or safety potentially helping you there uh, you can limit that and and so you, you know it, Justin offered that up post game uh, and going back through the rewatch today there's several examples where you go damn that was a, a pretty good strategy executed very well right and so so that those are the things that the Bears are going to have to counter and and continue playing chess against as they go forward whenever Justin Fields is healthy again. Okay, the next category is on the bright side. So my on the bright side, we've got another record for Justin Fields, and it was the fifth consecutive game in which Justin Fields has had both a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. Only one quarterback in the history of the NFL has gone five straight games scoring both with his feet and his arm is Kyler Murray. So the next time Justin has a start, he's got a chance to set that NFL record and take it over from Kyler Murray. And David, I think when you look at the two plays that, that they scored on, wonderfully designed plays executed well, right? And this is what we asked for for years. So you want to see a Bears offense that knows who it is, does things the right way, and then their players capitalize when the moments are there. The touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney on the first drive of the game, just a great switch release, and Darnell uses the, the pick from EQ really well, creates separation, and Justin puts the ball there in the back left corner of the end zone. Boom, touchdown, right? You've got, you've got your connection between your quarterback and your top receiver, and you've just matched the Falcons' opening touchdown. Then you get the run from Justin, which is is a, a you know equanimity St. Brown and assist on that one as well you know blocking at the point and then just a convoy of Bears blockers out in front that gave Justin the room and the vision to cut back and take it in and man like we've talked for a couple years now about what kind of a weapon this quarterback can be at the low red zone they're using it to their full advantage I'm glad you mentioned that play. I just want to quick take a quick second to call myself out here <laughs> because I, I do think that it's important to because I, I have. I have understated and minimized the role of blocking as a wide receiver and equanimous St. Brown. Now the first touchdown to Mooney, that was a, that was an outright pick play. If I'm playing defensive back for the Falcons, I'm you like, can't defend it. Yeah. I'm crying about it because it's like, you can't defend it and you can't stop it. And he ran the perfect route. Mooney did too, but that EQ did what he was supposed to do. But most importantly, on these designed runs in the red zone, when you watch Equinemius St. Brown go into the middle and, and, and seal 
a running lane and and block a linebacker. I think it was an outside linebacker. You gain respect for this guy. This is why he's playing. I'm looking for it here. This is why he played 50 snaps. Yeah, you know, 72% of the snaps. That's why he's on the field second most to Darnell Mooney is because he does a little bit. He's a football player. And I have dismissed and diminished that because I'm like, well, you know, if he's a wide receiver whose best quality is his blocking, it, it matters, especially when you have a team leaning into the running game as much as the Bears do. So I need to call myself out there. I will not make that mistake again. Um, You'd still like to see more than two catches for 24 yards. but All right. Made. Yeah, <laughs> points well taken. Points well taken. But I, you know what? I would – if I'm a defensive back, I would I hated guys like that because this was a guy that a running play you couldn't it was hard to tell because he was he 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 didn't give up he he didn't have any tendencies because you know what he was a willing blocker willing blockers were the worst yeah okay sorry I digress on the bright side for me I'm gonna go back to the David Montgomery first and ten from the fifty he scrambles he sees Montgomery on the wheel route he points then he throws on the run. Young quarterbacks who can throw like that on the run, they don't think, they just react. I love everything about that from Justin Fields. That was maybe one of his, you know, I know it's only his second season, probably a top three or top five pass in terms of accuracy and effectiveness. 32-yard gain um, to number 32, and I thought that was my on-the-bright-side moment for Justin Fields. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's a good one. And, and it's, it's, you know, evidence of growth, right? And I know we're going to get in the Yahoo category in a minute. And I always feel like I need to have like the narrator's voice at the end of those prescription drug commercials to say, Dan Weeder does believe in Justin Fields' growth. <laughs> and has seen him making potential. And like, you know, you have to have this whole disclaimer before you levy one, uh, one bit of criticism on the starting quarterback. But uh, away we go. And so let's get into Dan Weeder's <laughs> favorite category, the uh-oh category. It's not my favorite quarter I know, category. I'm, Don't typecast me like that. I'm, They're I'm the kidding. angry mom. I'm going to come with pitchforks. I, no, I, I, there, I, know, I'm, I'm just, I know. They're on the lawn. I'm standing guard for you. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the, the, the last play of the last drive. And we talked about why that interception was just uh, a fundamental breakdown. The footwork was terrible. The the throw was bad and it was just a, a bad punctuation to a bad half, right? Like the bears offense had had nine consecutive halves in which they had scored in double digits. And that, was broken Sunday in the second half. They only scored on one of four possessions. They got that touchdown and nothing else. And so you end up losing a three-point game because for the first time in a month, your offense stalled for a little bit, right, and couldn't get itself going. And I think they're, you know, in a 99-yard second half, for the Bears offense on Sunday, which was not what we were used to seeing over the previous three or four weeks. It's okay. They're they're allowed that every once in a while. We can't expect them to be scoring in the 30s every week or having these explosive plays every week. But but ultimately, David, it just comes back to the idea of wanting to see this offense respond in crunch time, right? Like just one time, like, and then two times and then three times, right? Like understand what excellence in the NFL looks like and why you've got a convenient escape hatch that, oh, it's a losing season and we're three and eight and none of this matters and we'll figure it out one day you would love to see that response and and for the third consecutive week they didn't have it all right that's a good one my uh oh moment changed from this morning to this afternoon and it was after hearing matt (laughs) my uh oh moment was the second down play and i I think that uh, that probably bothered me as much as any it's a mental mistake and I don't even know whose it was, but I watched that play probably 15 times after hearing that it was supposed to be a handout to David Montgomery. It looked like a, a play that you just didn't know what was going on, but Justin Fields treated it like a read option and he sort of made the handoff motion and then he beat David Montgomery into the hole and then he exposed himself to an injury 
and and to make a bad situation worse. And he certainly then he left the impression that Luke Getzey was calling the quarterback's number after the quarterback was injured. So he created this false narrative, and it was a mental mistake. Now, was it his mental mistake? I don't know, but it was an oh for the offense, and that to me is the bottom line. You have a situation there. You're on a potential game-winning drive. It's second down. You just had a timeout to regroup because of the injury, and you have a mental breakdown like that. That, to me, is the ultimate uh-oh moment. My, my, my last asterisk on this is that, that uh, in the rewatch on Monday morning, I realized that – the Bears offense had come so far that, uh, you know, a game where they put up 24 points felt so disappointing, right? Like, and, and it was a reminder that, man, really, they have come a long way in a short period of time, and they are doing things that we asked them to do. And I think there are times where Justin makes high-level throws, right, that look great, and then there's times where he misses a, you know, 67-yard touchdown to Darnell Mooney because he doesn't get it, uh, you know, to, to the right spot at the times. And there were, there were moments in in the, the rewatch where you just see some some hesitance to let it rip at times. You know, you got a clean pocket, you got a guy in a one-on-one matchup, and he's not open per se, but he's open by NFL standards. And if you trust your guys, make that throw. You saw a couple times when he did give guys a chance. I mean, the one handed catch by Komet, David. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, my son told me when I got home from the airport this morning that that was number one on SportsCenter's top 10. So Cole Komet gets that honor, even though his scoring streak ends at, th- at three games. But, I mean, that's an example, right? Like, just put it out there and trust every once in a while that your guys are going to be the best guy on the play and make a play for you. Did he say, Dad, you were right about Cole? He knew I was right long ago, David. He knew I was right long ago. <laughs> All right. Last category for the QB1 breakdown is the big number. All right. So I promised, I t- teased this a couple minutes ago. Third down. My number is five. The Bears are up to fifth in the NFL, David, in third down efficiency, which is remarkable considering where they were going into the mini bye week and, and, and what they've done now to elevate that. Nine for 16 on uh, Sunday felt routine. Right. Like it was their third consecutive game over 50 percent. They're crawling closer to Luke Getze's self-appointed standard of 48 percent. I think they're at 45.6 percent now uh, for the season league wide and obviously much higher than that to boost that total up there. And so you see an offense, like I said just a minute ago, that has made undeniable growth in that category. And, and that's that's huge, because if you're an offense that can succeed in third down and succeed inside the red zone, you're going to give yourself a chance to be in every single game you play. And then you've got a chance to win it at the end. That's a good one. Okay, my big number is 18, and that's the number of carries that Justin Fields had, and that's a career high, and I don't think he's going to top it. I don't think you're going to see Justin Fields carry more than 18 times again this season, and I think moving forward, it would really surprise me under, you know, we can't predict the future, but I think as the Bears continue to surround him with more talent and infrastructure, linemen and receivers, I'd be surprised if he gets beyond 18 again out of necessity because this is not a good workable uh sustainable approach you can you can sustain a running quarterback you can't run him like a running back 18 carries is a step in that direction 18 carries yesterday for 85 yards boy he can really 
you know, get the tough yards. You don't want to ask him to, especially now. We don't know where this injury is, is headed, but I would be shocked if he carries 18 times again this year and moving forward next year. I don't know that he'll have to, so 18 would be my big number coming I'm, up. I'm with you. I'll contextualize it just a little bit to tell you. I counted seven tuck and runs, six that went into the box score as, as uh, rushing attempts, another one that ended up as a two-yard sack because he couldn't escape, and then you you mix in the, the miscommunication on the second down play, and you say, okay, well, there's, there's seven of those 18 right there that weren't, uh, you know, designed runs. I, I, I still think we both agree that number needs to come down and probably will. Uh, we'll see where it goes from there.